Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in, 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor, and it is a Tuesday. So let's talk some sports. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, tweet at us at Ray and Tay today. Check out the website, RayandTayToday.com. Of course, we're interactive and everywhere. Shoot your emails to us, RayandTayToday at gmail.com. Ray, we're going to get to the baseball and give our, our, our new picks as a little playoff preview, some college football and, and, and NFL. We have NBA preseason tonight, Ray. The, the, the Knicks, ESPN's got a doubleheader. Are you ready for some Knicks, Rockets, and, and Clippers, and uh, Warriors, or is it too early for you? It's a little early, but I'm ready. What I need to be ready is to understand Derek Rose's status. That's what I need to know. Like, is D-Rose in for 82 games as much as his knee can hold up, or is D-Rose going to have some issues this year? Well, we will definitely get into it and talk about it. Let's just hope legally he can play because he's got to deal with other stuff too. But let's start with football. You know, we we, we celebrated the holiday and, and Happy New Year to all those who were celebrating yesterday. And we're back Tuesday to sum it all up. Great college football recap, great NFL. The Vikings, they're still, you know, the Eagles were on the bye, so you have the Vikings, Broncos, and Eagles, three undefeated teams left, Tom Brady's return. Right now, the way the Vikings look and the whooping they put on the Giants, and we'll get to Odell in a second, the Vikings-Broncos, could that be the Super Bowl we should have seen back in – what was it, 98, when they beat the, um, the Falcons, right, with, the, with my man uh, missing the field goal? Anderson missing the field goal. Hadn't missed the field goal all year, and yes. he misses a field goal. Could, could, could we be set up for a Vikings-Broncos? Now, look, Paxton Lynch stepped in, Ray. want to get your thoughts on how he looked. But how impressed are you with the Vikings defense and the Kyle Rudolph, Rudolph we thought we would see we're seeing you him. You know now. what? Don't talk to me about Kyle Rudolph, man. I drafted that dude twice <laughs> in fantasy, and this year I was like, I can't touch that dude. I can't touch that dude. His now talent like is the there. You know, and and I never was a huge, huge fan of Teddy Bridgewater. So I said, you know what? Uh, a quarterback's best friend, especially one that that struggles a little bit with with um, you know completion percentage, with getting the getting first downs. <laughs> That's my guy, Kyle Rudolph, except that uh, he wasn't my guy. And so, but good for him. No, I don't hate on anybody, but I'm glad he definitely moved the chains. Uh, I was playing against him last night. Luckily, he didn't score another touchdown because uh, I, was, I was real close to losing, but I uh, ended up winning. Now, the Vikings, look, if I told you that the Vikings would lose Teddy Bridgewater, lose Adrian Peterson essentially for the whole season, Trade for Sam Bradford, who's never – and I was a big fan coming out of Oklahoma, who's never really done anything in the NFL, let's be honest. 
And not only that, I had to give up first and a fourth for him. And you would say that they're the class of the NFC and, and maybe even the class of the NFL? Wow. Mike Zimmer, Ziggy Wolf, they put together a nice little uh, program. Peterson, well, how they about put together. Also, the injuries, Sharif uh, Floyd, Peterson, Bridgewater, and the first round pick, Treadwell. Oh, and getting get nothing out of Treadwell. Game. Yeah, sure. Laquan Treadwell can't even get in the game. I mean, that's an amazing. ACB out kid, for him. Right, but this kid, uh, Adam uh, Zimmerman or whatever, is doing his thing. You've got McKinnon and Asiata, the two-headed monster, playing well. Rudolph, Stefan Diggs, Joe Terps doing big things. And then they're sprinkling in Charles Johnson and, um, you know, Cordell Patterson is coming back again. So, listen, Zimmer's a great coach. And, look, if we're being fair, Sam Bradford is perfect for this team. Right now he's better than Teddy B. And I think the Vikings are dangerous because Xavier Rhodes and that defense, they're the real deal. Let me ask you this. One, Odell's got to stop it. Is he being a baby? But two, let's be fair. The guy, like, shoved him late out of bounds. The ref should have called a flag on that. So I ask you, in, in a way, is he kind of right and wrong and Eli shouldn't be talking about Odell because Eli's playing like trash. Let's let's keep that real too, right? Give me your thoughts. So you know I was never a big Eli Manning fan. And Eli Manning has this unbelievable ability to play well in the clutch. But if you look at the body of work, he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, he'll go to the Hall of Fame because he had those two four-game stretches that were just – you know, second to none, and, and you can't take away his two Super Bowls and his two Super Bowl MVPs. But if you really look at it, he has had some awful years where he's led the league in interceptions, led the league in turnovers, led the league in boneheaded mistakes, and not made the playoffs. I think I, we got to look back, but but he's coming up on, on 10 or 11 years. And now he's got three receivers. What's his excuse? But now he's got three stud receivers, so, so no excuse. His running game's a little questionable, though, but – but uh, the, the receivers are there. So, look, Your boy Eli Manning. Darquois look good, though. He got a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to say his name. Come on, please. Yes, <laughs> but, but for real, though, Odell Beckham's going to have a problem in the NFL because it's like Tiki Barber. Remember when Tiki was, ironically, it's the same team. When Tiki got a reputation for fumbling, everybody went for the football. Now, everybody goes for the football all the time. But they go for it extra hard when you have a reputation as a fumbler. So when you're as good as Odell Beckham is, and he's making all these commercials, and he's, you know, Madden and head and shoulders and, and whatever, but you have a reputation of having a weakness, and that weakness is getting inside your head, and that you're not, and that you're soft, not so much that you're soft, but, but you're, you're, you don't have your emotions in check, guess what? Every corner and safety in the NFL is going to try and get under his skin. Now, not all of them have the ability to play him one-on-one. So so he might still beat you, but everybody's going to try and get under his skin. And he's going to have to eventually – He's got to stop trying to make it into a one-on-one fight, though. That's where he's wrong. You know what I mean? No, and, and, and the problem is, too, is that he's got a reputation and word gets around. Word gets around they get under your skin – People are going to be getting chippy. People are going to be taking shots at him. People are going to – and they'll give up. You know what? He is so good 
that you're willing to give up a penalty. You're willing to get an unsportsmanlike but wait, but that is like to get Cam Newton, skin. though, too, right? It's like Cam Newton. At some point, though, the refs have to call it fair. They can't just, like, start, you know, being extra physical and, and, and you know, he's getting the, – the play out of bounds, Ray, it should have been a flag. The guy – No, you're 100% right. I, and I'm talking strictly – look, I'm talking strictly on the field and within the play. I'm talking about he's going to face a lot of bump and run. He's going to take – face a lot of, you know, shots after he catches the ball on the sideline, those 50-50 gray area, and teams will try to get under his skin. If you look back, and and this kid has had, I mean, he's had a a Hall of Fame start to his career. Let's call it like it is. His three bad games have been where the other side, it's not even he was bad. It's that the other side, bless you, the other side got under his skin. And if that's the only way you can stop a guy, better believe everybody's going to try it. Um, what we saw Sunday night from the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> as, you said, as you said, with Le'Veon Bell coming back, and as I always like to refer to as my killer bees, Big Ben, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell, and then the fourth B, Bryant, when he's there, but he's not. But the offense was purring at a level that I think if that defense can play the way that they did, this team could definitely either face or beat the Patriots or Broncos and has a shot at the Super Bowl because that was the easiest 43 points against Kansas City, who was a solid, if not very good defense, 14 points for them, which was, you know, barely got that. And they at forty three, they took they took their foot off the gas. How impressed with you with Le'Veon almost two hundred combined yards in his first game back, playing wide receiver, playing running back, just doing 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 hip hop. He was doing everything. I mean, give me your thoughts he on. He was on doing that. salsa. He was doing merengue. He yes, was he doing was. techno. He was doing techmo. He was doing it all. Uh, I personally, as I was watching the game, and I had him on one of my fantasy teams, I was saying to myself, because I also have Jamal Charles, so I took both of them as kind of a, on a bounce back year, um, you know, each each with different circumstances. But but I thought they were actually playing him too much. So I was saying to myself, you know, don't don't burn this guy out. It's his first game back. This is kind of like game three of the preseason. You know, what are you doing here? But he just kept getting stronger and stronger, and I guess you know your players. And well, he wasn't things. injured, you know what I mean? No, he so. wasn't. He wasn't, but but still, you're not in game shape. After after three games of not playing to play, you know, your your your, your wheels aren't there. But so that's a Brady on Sunday in Cleveland when he scores 50. <laughs> he kept getting – well, Brady just needs to use his arm. You know, quarterback's a little different. You just need to be accurate, right? You, you need to have some uh, – some, game awareness but running backs I was like I was amazed I really was I mean this guy just and you know what give him credit it was what two years ago when he lost 15 or 20 pounds because we remember this cat from Michigan State and he was was bigger and he was bulkier and he was thicker but this guy now I mean wow he's he's, unstoppable now he's the real deal he really is you know, he dances a little too much in the hole right before he makes his little jump cut and he moves, but a la, you know, Barry Sanders. But 
other than that, this guy has no weaknesses. I mean, he he's oh god, he's no, awesome. He's, I think he's number one in, in the NFL running back position. But I'll tell you who is number one with what four hundred and twelve or whatever yards leading the NFL. Ezekiel Elliott. I like that win because the Niners were winning, and Dak Prescott still is not throwing the INT. And he came and led them from behind to win on the road without Dez. How impressed are you with young Elliot and young Prescott? Very and very, very. So (laughs) with running backs, I mean, you you saw this guy was a stud at Ohio State. The only question was, do you draft a running back this high in the draft, given that they get injured, given that they have a, a relatively short shelf life, but you knew that if you were going to take a chance on him, you know, he was good. Now, I didn't think he'd be this good this soon, right? I mean, that's like Adrian Peterson, you know, type drafting. I mean, obviously Trent Richardson got drafted number five, and that was a bust. But uh, Adrian Peterson type of back that, yeah, that you draft that high. So Ezekiel Elliott looks like he's the real deal. But Dak Prescott, and this is no knock against running backs, but – Quarterback in the NFL is the hardest position probably in all the sports because of all the scrutiny off the field, because of all the expectations that are placed on you, and also what you have to do on the field. The reads, commanding a huddle, especially for a rookie, commanding a huddle of 10 other people, having all the spotlight on you. And I couldn't be more impressed with this kid, Dak Prescott, really. I mean, we saw him in college, and we liked him in college, and everybody was like, all right, can he play pro? I don't know, maybe, maybe he can make a team. But this guy is really proving himself to be a legitimate NFL starter. And, you know, while I still, with a slight edge to Tony Romo, think that he'll (laughs) lose his job only because – you know, if your expectation, especially if they keep winning, if your expectation is to go win at your Super Bowl, I think you need a quarterback to make plays. I don't think they have a, a dynamic enough supporting cast and defense. This isn't the, you know, I keep coming back to this isn't the 2000 Ravens or the 2002 Bucks. I mean, the, the, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys has to make plays for the Dallas Cowboys to win games. But Hey, listen, like said, in fantasy football, back, the Cowboys defense helped me get two wins in a row in real ball. Okay. So. Watch your right. mouth. We're talking about, about, we're talking about my Cowboys defense. Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 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 you're right though. Playing from behind, that's another thing. So in your fourth game, playing from behind on the road, not but going in an interception, being poised. and Williams. Nobody's scared of like, those guys. Without exactly with 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 a Jason Witten who's past his prime, <laughs> way past his prime. But with, with Williams and Beasley and, and Zeke Elliott, I tell you what, I couldn't be more impressed with Dak Prescott. Good for him. And you know so what? You know how... Give him credit. No, and exactly. He's ready. He's, no. he's ready. he's ready to play. We're going to get to the concern level of uh, Newton and Palmer and Arizona and, and the Panthers in a second. But I want, you know how we start campaigns and things happen? Me and you, we, we, we started We're not some king campaign. in the Hall of Fame. I can't take 100% credit, but I can't say that it's 0%. I got to give right. him something. And we, we talked digits, about Joe maybe? Klecko. We've talked about Joe Klecko and, you know, just different guys. You know, we, 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 we've, we've, we've gotten some things happening. 
I think it's time to start the hashtag and we can't take credit for starting it, but we're going to, we're going to get it moving because LaDainian Tomlinson said it great on NFL network Sunday night. It's time to trade Phillip rivers because this quarterback is too good and deserves more than this organization. Um, more than the bad luck of injuries, the bad, the bad GM and just all of it. It's, it's got to stop. And I think we need to get him to the New York Jets because there's no other team, right? You're not going to trade him to the Rams and all the other teams in the playoff contention have quarterbacks. It's only the Jets that he could really go to. Wait, and why the Rams? No, because they got Jared Goff and I, I, I just don't think the Rams want to give up. How many more years does – yeah, but, but they're three and one, though. I mean, and how many more years does Philip okay. Rivers have? I don't how know what they whole... could give. I would think because of the contract of Fitzpatrick and it's only one year, you know, now maybe the Rams have more to offer than the Jets, but the Jets could offer one of those defensive linemen. I, I'm just saying we got to get Phillip to a team, and I think to the Jets so, right. or the Rams. So I 100% agree. Uh, here's the problem, though. Other than, like, I mean, Rich Gannon, Jim Plunkett, I mean, who can you think of who, you know, changes teams at the at, towards the end of their career – and, you know, I guess Joe Montana goes to Kansas City, yeah. was really good. Um, He's good him. enough that if he goes to the Jets wide receiver court, he, he could take them to the Super Bowl. The I got Rams, a team for you. I got I a team know. for you. I got cool. a team for you, the real deal. Drop the mic. I'm going to just say it. I'm going to just say it, and then, and then I'll walk away. I may, <laughs> I may even hang up and end the show. <laughs> the Washington Redskins. Wow. He went they to, don't want to went, bring back they don't want to bring back they Kirk don't Cousins. Want to, they don't want to bring Kirk Cousins, enough. right? They're not committed to Kirk Cousins. They didn't like him. They don't think he's worth it. They're paying him twenty million. Is Washington the Washington wait, wait, but this is the problem with that. Washington is the San Diego Chargers of the NFC. Their owner and their organization, yeah, they tried to rebuild it, but I don't know if this new GM and the coach are necessarily the right pieces. And I think that the owner, just like the Chargers Reed owner, is Antonio Gates. I think they're <laughs> right. both a mess. Now, yes, I love the offense, but the Redskins don't have a great defense, and their O-line is suspect. So he would just be upgrading his, his talent around him, and Matt Jones is starting to play good. I, I just want to start the campaign, get Rivers to a playoff team. Let's keep it moving. I will say this. I'm concerned about the Panthers because they need Stewart back to get that thing going. But the defense, it's not just Josh Norman. That was arrogance that you don't double-team Senor Julio Jones. 12 catches, 300 yards. Yes, I said it. That is a real – that wasn't a game of Madden, folks. That was a real human being doing that, doing that at home in Atlanta. Receiving yards in NFL history. Yeah, he didn't pass. There have been a lot of games. Sick. But a lot of amazing. games, but only five have been better. That's amazing. I mean, that kid. But, I mean, but, but you have to blame the Panthers. And then, you know, the Rams just handled the Cardinals at home. And Carson Palmer, will, will, you know, in a minute will predict the Thursday game. Uh, right now he's suspect to play. They just brought up uh, uh, Zach Dicer or Zach Dyson or whatever to come up on from the practice squad. But Drew Stan's a good backup. He's legit. But – both these teams in the NFC, when the Vikings and Seahawks are looking so good and the Eagles, 
yeah, it's time to ring the alarm at one and three for the Cardinals and the Panthers. Do you do you agree? Ding, 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 ding. The alarm is rung. Now, <laughs> folks in Arizona don't like me because I'm always, you know, kind of knocking their Cardinals. But I think you need to worry. And on a short week, if you go one and four, that's a problem. They're not losing now, Carol- Santa Clara. Carolina, was- I'm a little less worried about. First of all, even though Atlanta's offense is fantastic and, and Matt Ice is doing we'll his play thing. Tampa and the Saints, so I think the Panthers will be just fine. <laughs> yeah, so I think the Panthers will be fine. Their division is winnable. Even if they have to win it at 9-7, and seven, that's fine, 10-6. and six. They just need to get to the playoffs. Once once you make it to the promised land, and, and getting to the Super Bowl is the promised land, right? It, it, even if you lose, you know how to win. You know how to play. You know how to win on a neutral field. You know how to win. Last year they didn't have but to But it doesn't look like the same defense, right? They're not getting to the quarterback from the front four. They're, you know, missing tackles. Yeah, that's, look that's like. the part that's the most bothersome is missing the tackles. And you're right, the arrogance, you know, with Josh Norman, you could be arrogant because you probably had one of the best corners in the league. But uh, I'm concerned. But, again, the division they play in leads me to believe not so much. Arizona Cardinals, on the other hand, need to ask themselves one question. Are the Rams for real? Because if the Arizona answer the fact that the Rams are for real, then I'm very worried for the Cardinals because you know the Seahawks are for real, right? They may have their ups and downs on offense, but that defense travels and they know how to win. But if you think the Rams can win nine, ten, don't say 11, but let's say nine or ten games, then you're in trouble. You're not making the playoffs. So – no, you're totally right. You're totally right. Real quick, before we get to this Thursday night game, uh, Bill shutting out the Patriots, probably the shocker of the weekend. You know, the Bears did beat the Lions. You know, nobody thought the, the Bears might win. Cleveland stays defeated, you know, 0-4. But um, did Rex kind of – and I hate to say this, right, but in a weird way, did he kind of save his job? So here's the thing with Rex and effects. <laughs> he does this all the time. He's a player's coach. He knows how to push buttons. And every so often, like a cat with <laughs> nine lives, he goes out there and he inspires his men, troops, to play unbelievably. They did this without Sammy Watkins. Now, granted, the Patriots aren't the Patriots without Tom Brady, but you know what? They were blowing – they blew three other teams out before Tom Brady. So kudos to Rex Ryan. He knows what he's doing, and every so often – but this is why the Bills will be 8-8, because they'll lose two out of the next three, and then he'll push some buttons again. But a win is a win, and they deserve all the credit for that. Is it time in Jacksonville? I mean, not Jacksonville. Give them props for winning that game. Indianapolis, Ray. Um, I'm past concern. I'm at the point where I think they've got to move on. You know, the, the, the Diamondbacks moved on from their coach and GM and, you know, Chip Hale and, and David Stewart. And I think La Russa should get thrown out there too, but they're still judging him at the Diamondbacks. But – you know, what happens and what's going on in Indianapolis, it's it's kind of disgusting. 
And there's look, some of these guys they've drafted, like Dion Warner, he's not even in the league anymore. Trent Richardson's gone. They traded for him. The Colts, you know, Pagano and Grixon, I, I think they're done. Now, you got to win that game against Jacksonville, 30 to 27. And they were getting blown. They came back at the end. But is, is Andrew Luck no, they're just going to be? They're in trouble, 100%. They need to make wholesale changes. And the only one they keep is is Andrew Luck. I feel like everybody else, including T.Y. Hilton, including, you know, obviously Frank Gore's at the end of his career, including, you know, Davis. Yeah, that guy's too – I mean, he's older, but he's too talented to cut him when your secondary's trash. All you have is Vontae Davis. How are you going to cut Cromartie? (laughs) Like, I just don't get that. You know, uh, listen. Well, let's talk about – first of all, now the Ravens cut Justin Forsett. Um, you know, I know that might upset some people for fantasy, but I, you know, I told people it's, it's going to be West and, and, and Dixon when he gets healthy. Um, <clears throat> and then Navarro Bowman, Ray, I know this is going to hurt your heart because he's one of your favorite defensive players out for the season with the Achilles. Um, I guess the Falcons, Weatherspoon, the linebacker, he's out for the season. Uh, he might have done Achilles as well. You hate to hear about these uh, injuries. Your boy, Lyle Collins, toe surgery. I don't know if he's done for the year, but it, he's, he, he could be. Right? But the toe, you know how the toe is. <laughs> don't mess with the toe. Um, yeah, you boy, Jack start. Lambert, right? Yeah. Um, you know, look, injuries – this is when the injuries start kicking in. Uh, week four, we're starting to see teams go on buys. So all you're trying to do is, you know, win those games. Justin Forsett, though, that that's an interesting one. You know, you mentioned apparently that there was mutual. You know, right. Maybe right. he's got a team up his sleeve that he's going to go. He through. might. So maybe I'm trying to think. You know, which team? Giants, that's a great call right there. Indianapolis, the Colts, we just talked about them. The uh, uh, San Diego Chargers. There's teams out there that could use a running back. Miami. So let's get get to Thursday. The Cardinals are going to the Niners. Um, I think even with Drew Stanton, honestly, and the refusal to give Kaepernick a chance, I think Blaine Gabbert is – it's kind of like, you know, he throws one touchdown and they say, oh, he's doing, you know, okay in the offense and it's enough. They're playing to just lose. And to me, I, I just feel like he's going to lose the locker room because to me, you can't get excited about Blaine Gabbert because he's not going to push it down the field at all. He, he is a good athlete, but he doesn't really run <clears throat> enough or – explosively and you know the Niners yeah each week they'll give you 17 or 20 for week one you know the anomaly is 28 points but Ray I I think the Cardinals win this one I'll say 26 maybe 17 and and Tyron Matthew is, is coming back into health and shape Stanton will probably start you know Palmer short week he said he's feeling better but I don't know if he'll pass the protocol. It's up to that, right? It's up to the doctors. But I think Fitzgerald and, and, and J.J. Nelson catches the ball and David Johnson. Chris Johnson's out for the year. Um, so I think they'll do enough, and I, I think the Cardinals will turn it around at least for one week and beat the Niners on the road. 
Yeah, I got to agree with that. I, I can't see a scenario where the Palmer, le- even the Palmer list, Arizona Cardinals lose again and go one and four. Because, like I said, if Seattle is Seattle and St. Louis are for real in that division, then you're coming in third. So you need to win these games, especially these winnable games like the ones against the San Francisco 49ers. Who, by the way, Chip Kelly, the boy genius. I guess you can't really judge him in in year one. You got to give him a little bit of time. But you're right for the offensive genius. I mean, they're kind of stuck at 21 points a game. That's kind of their thing. So. Carolina, I mean, uh, Arizona wins 24-21. Mm. Okay. Well, we got to go to Saturdays. And like I told you in our previous show, the ACC would be the second best conference. Right now they have six teams in the top 25. And I am so impressed with a team that lost in Louisville. Let's go through the top 10 real quick. Bama won, Ohio State two. Clemson moves up to three. Michigan, oof, big win over Wisconsin four. Washington, I told you they beat Stanford. They look really strong at five. Representing really Pac- strong. No, I got to give you kudos for that. The Houston Cougars are at six. Louisville only goes to seven, and that's very key for the rest of the season. That was perfect for them. The game of the weekend is going to be against eight and nine. A&M, the Aggies against Tennessee, <clears throat> number nine. And number 10, the U. The reemergence of the U. They got that quarterback. Mark Rick is down there, good coach from Georgia. Um, <clears throat> and then Wisconsin, you know, they only dropped down to 11 because they played a heck of a game against um, Michigan. Give me your thoughts on, um, one, the heroics of Tennessee against Georgia. And, and this, we, we love this kid, uh, Josh Dobbs, the quarterback. But then, number two, in a loss, Lamar Jackson still shined. Now, Deshaun Watson got himself back at least in the conversation for Heisman, but I think Lamar Jackson showed that he was the best person on that field, even in the loss. And did they do enough that they still, if other teams fall, have enough, you know, because they play Houston to sniff and still get into the top four? Give me your thoughts on Tennessee first. Alert from calendar. Tennessee is a team that's got potential, but I think they're a year away. I mean, I look at them, and and these guys are like Jekyll and Hyde. If you catch them on the right half, they look fabulous, and they catch them on the wrong half, and they don't. Now, Georgia is absolutely killing themselves. I mean, these teams went back and forth, scored three touchdowns in the last minute of the game, and then the Hail Mary, 43 yards, Georgia – fans are going crazy but then Tennessee good for them they get they get the the kickoff they get the one play they get the, the penalties the help the from penalties, Georgia yeah the penalties that was Georgia and a bad on that kick. field position no, the kick was horrible too the squib whatever they did uh, and then 47 yards later boom 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 so you know what I think both of these teams are kind of I want to say Good, very good, but not great team. So I, I'm kind of calling the bluff of Tennessee. I think they'll get smacked down a little bit as you start getting deeper and deeper into this SEC. They're pretty talented. Kid, they are, but I don't think they're ready. I don't think they're at the, they're at the caliber of the you know the elite, the more elite teams. I even think that um, you know if LSU can can figure out what they're doing, uh, you know, win for less. Uh, under Ed Ogeron. Um, 
This kid, Lamar Jackson, is the real deal. He's a true sophomore, and he's special. I mean, uh, he is totally different game, but the guy he reminds me of is Johnny Manziel. Just, I wanted to see him play. I just wanted to see him make decisions. He probably is a better decision maker than Johnny Manziel. Louisville is be now, right? Every game I want to see. They really are. And and you know what? And this kid, it'd be a pleasure to coach. You know, it it just seems like he's got the right combination of kind of fire in the belly, command of the huddle, decision-making, and then the physical talent to go out and execute. And like you said, Deshaun Watson threw for five touchdowns and his team won, but Lamar Jackson was a better player that night. And almost won, despite you know uh, uh, giving up the big lead coming back. That was just a great game. It was just a great game all around. It might cost them a chance at the national championship, but you know what? What they're going to be at least two, if not three, maybe four one-loss teams. Alabama might not lose, but there may be four, three or four one-loss teams in that yeah. four-team you know uh, national semi. So. Don't worry about that. They just need to take care of Houston. So that Houston-Louisville game is turning out to be enormous. It's fascinating because you could have Bama, Ohio State, and Washington not lose, right? And let's say if Michigan loses to Ohio State, then for the fourth spot, you know, you don't know if Clemson runs the table or not. You know, they listen, Florida State could wake up. I was going to ask you what's wrong with them, but you never know if Clemson loses to Florida State. And then for the fourth spot, you could see a battle between Michigan, Clemson, Louisville, Houston. Um, the Houston-Louisville game could be for the fourth seed. So that's going to be amazing at the end of the season. And the question is, is Washington going to be real? Can they you know, hold on through the Pac-12, which Oregon's down this year. USC and UCLA are up and down. They've already beaten Arizona. Arizona State got smacked by USC, and they beat the heavy hitter in Stanford. So you got to believe Washington might not have, you know, any more trouble out of anybody in the Pac-12. So it's going to be really, really fascinating. So you got to stay tuned for for the for the college football and just you know how these teams can uh, play it out and. I think my University of Miami and the ACC might have something to say about all this too, in terms of them maybe upsetting a, a Clemson in the you know ACC championship or something like that because I think they're on the in the different bracket. You know what I mean? So awesome. it's a long season. It's, it's a long season. So I'm uh, I'm excited. You, you ready to get to some baseball, man? Before we end the show, because we yeah, man. Time, man. Two games. Time, it's time. It's been a, a good season. Um, so, just to clean up some notes, Walt Weiss, you know, the contract was up, so they both kind of agreed. I did not like at all what he did by sitting uh, the second baseman to win the uh, batting oh, title. Oh, LeMayhew, yeah, that was a little yeah. weak. I Can't mean, Daniel that. Murphy was hurt. So it's not like Daniel Murray sat out. Daniel Murray was hurt. He physically was unable to perform, to take a football term. He was pumped. But you sit out your boy because you wanted to get him a batting touch. I and mean, remember, 
he went in and pinched hit for one at bat, not even healthy. He was like, yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm go for it and try to get one hit. I love that yeah. from Murph. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's not the way to win a batting title. You you win a batting title because you're the best hitter that year in your league, not because you didn't want statistically with seven, eight, nine at bats to go to cruise in and and lock in your you know and lock it in. Oh, Ted Williams uh, turning in his grave or in the uh, Cairo. Teddy, yeah, remember that he played the double header. <clears throat> yes. And he delivered what you know, like three, four hits in the double header. So let's get to it, man. Um, Stroman against Tillman in in Toronto. And, you know, you would think, look, the Orioles won two out of three when they just played. Uh, you, you didn't know if they would go with the lefty um, for the Blue Jays, but they went with Stroman, who was good last year. Um, the Orioles go with Tillman. The Orioles led the majors and homers, I think, the uh, – Blue Jays are third in the AL, but 253 from the Orioles. I'll take a stab at this one first. You know, I don't know. There's just, I don't know if it's baseball gods or karma or whatever. I just have a funny feeling the Orioles are going to go on the road and they're going to get this W. Maybe they win 4-3, 5-4. But I think if they can get to that, what, sixth inning, Seventh, the bullpen is lights out, and I could see their bats waking up enough to knock knock something out of the stadium. I guess they have it open tonight, and it travels. And uh, I'm gonna go to Orioles to win. Buck Showalter advances. Nah, I mean Buck's our guy. You know we love Buck, but I think this Blue Jays team feels like they got ripped last couple years. Their mm. offense is stacked. Their pitching is good enough, um, especially for one game, for playing. Now, over four games, maybe that pitching staff gets exposed a little bit. But yeah. I just think at home, this Blue Jays team is tough. I, I'm, I'm going with Toronto. Okay. I'm not mad at that. Now, we got the NL. And tonight's game is coming on shortly on TBS. Tomorrow on ESPN, tomorrow night, the San Francisco Giants against the New York Mets. Two original, uh, well, the Mets were an original, but Giants are an original New York team, the Polo Grounds. Um, you know, when you've Jeez. got, when you've got uh, Syndergaard against Bumgarner, these, these, what I love about these pitchers, they both will go up and hold the stick and swing it right. They both are good hitters. They both are intimidating. They'll go inside, outside at your head, wherever they want. You know, little Bob Gibson-esque. And this could be a two-to-one game, three-to-two. That's the feel that I get. And I just think Jay Bruce and Cespedes, they're going to find a way to, to, to advance somebody, a double, a homer, get the runs in they need. And I think the Mets beat the Giants. I think the Giants were more – both these teams were up and down, right? But I think the Giants were more up and down. And I just think the Mets will be able to pull it out at home and I, maybe 3-2 the Mets win and advance in the wild card. So I agree with that. Look, these teams both finished with the same record, 87-75, and 75, and the Mets beat them 4-3, to three, and that's why they have home field advantage. But these these two teams couldn't be closer. I mean, they're, they're, their composition is a little bit different but they couldn't be closer. And what 
they both start with is top of the rotation, absolute studs. So I think like a good chess match, this game won't get decided until the eighth or ninth inning. So I think that that Syndergaard, so Thor, and Madison Bumgarner are just going to pitch each other to a draw. And they're both going to give it their all, and they'll leave, you know, 1-1 or zip-zip or something like that. And in the eighth or ninth, like you said, the Mets are going to scratch home a run. And I don't know if it's, uh, you know, Cespedes or if it's Asdrubal Cabrera who's hitting out of his mind right now or, you know, who it's going to be. But somebody from the Mets is going to figure out how to manufacture a run, and I think the Mets squeak by, maybe 2-1. Okay. Well, let's at least pick. You want to pick the whole thing, or do you want to wait till Friday and pick the rest, or you want to at least pick the, 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 the yeah, match? Yeah, let's pick the first round. Let's pick the first round. Okay, I'm going to make set. an assumption so, of who wins the wild card. Right. So the, I think the LDS. Red, Red Sox, Indians, this one, you know – it's going to be tight, but I think at the end of the day, I like the Red Sox pitching. They're healthier, and I think Porcello will get game one and on the road, and I just think whether it's the best of five, I think the Red Sox will be able to clutch hitting and out-hit the Indians. So I'm going to take the Red Sox over the Indians. You know, I have the Red Sox going deep into the playoffs. Uh, potentially winning the whole shebang. So I, you know me, I think that the irony here, of course, is that Terry Francona is hosting his former team in a best of five. Uh, that'll be real interesting. Corey Kluber and, and those guys can play. They're hungry. They're fired up. But I just think the Boston's just a little bit better. And Poppy's going to want to go out with a bang. I like oh, the Red Sox, too, also. Yeah, I like them to win 3-1. Pedroia, Mookie Betts, yeah, I, I think they win 3-1, too. Dodgers at Nationals, this one's fascinating because both these teams in the last couple of years with the Nationals missing the playoffs or both of them losing in the first round, um, they've, they've, they've kind of choked. Let's just be fair. But I think when you got Scherzer going against Kershaw, you might not find, you know, except for maybe Bumgarner and Syndergaard, but this right here is a top-notch matchup. For some reason, I just I'm going with these road teams. I just think the Dodgers will outlast the Nationals. They'll do just a little bit more to get it done, and I think they, you know, win it in five, and um, I think the Dodgers advance. I like the Nats. I think the Nats are a team that won 90-some-odd games uh, two years ago. Then they fell this year, I think, or last year. Then they earned it back, and they have the hunger, and they have the talent, and they know how to play. They know how to manufacture runs. Max Scherzer, (laughs) I mean, look, Clayton Kershaw, for some reason, as good as he is, some reason gets hit in the playoffs. He's like Greg Maddox. He just can't seal the deal in the playoffs. I don't know why. And uh, Maddox, you could argue, he didn't have the blow you away stuff. And I guess when when all those top hitters are tuned in, maybe that. But I mean, Kershaw has blow you away stuff, and he still gets hit. Now I don't think he'll get rocked like he did in, in years past. 
But I just feel like Washington is going to find a way. Now, Washington's going to have a tough time closing out games. They've been a little shaky in their bullpen. But Very. got a feeling that the Nationals are going to pull this off. Okay, real quick. I got the Orioles pushing the Rangers to the limit, but I think the Rangers get it done, and the Rangers beat the Orioles uh, in five. So, you know what? I'm going to say that Texas is a great team. They've kind of led from start to finish that NL West. But something about these Blue Jays, even though their hitting isn't great, that's a hitter's ballpark down there in Texas. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling Toronto's going to put it together, and they'll win a close five-game series, 3-2. Okay, and then the final and these, one. These teams, by the way, these teams have beef from last year, so yeah. I wonder if that's going to come out again. That should be fascinating. We both have the Mets going to the Cubs. Now, This, I think this is going to be revenge from last season. Um, the Mets won't even be able to force it to five. I think the Cubs win three to one, and the Cubs advance. Yeah, 100%. The Cubs are on a mission, and if the Mets had all of their pitching healthy and yes. they were hitting, they might still lose to the Cubs. They're that strong and that much in control, so I, I like the Cubs. All right, so we'll leave it there, see how that plays out. We'll be back Friday. We both got the Cardinals for Thursday Night Football, and hey, like always, have a great sports week. Enjoy some uh, AL Wildcard, Knicks, Rockets, all the all the good stuff, and congrats to America for winning the Ryder, Ryder Cup. Uh, the fans were a little crazy out there in Minnesota, but it was definitely entertaining, and, and they won. So, that, you know, kudos to Patrick Reed and the boys, right? It's all in good fun, and it's good to see cats get emotional because, you know, in all the other sports, you see them emotionally, and then golf is like, shh. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was, but I thought that they did it well. I thought that the, 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 the competitors, like, they didn't get up all up in each other's face, but they were really, really pumped up, and then they would and then they would go to the other guy and be like, yo, good shot, man. You know, that was great. You, you did great. You know, they would pump each other up. They would pump up themselves, and they would pump each yeah. other up. I guess that's and, the difference between golf and in, in all those other sports, is that you're not actually playing one-on-one against the other guy. You're playing against the course. And the other but the guy best thing was Rory, right? Rory said, if I was drinking – from seven, eight in the morning and being out there all day, like the fans were, they were giving them drinks from the beginning, you know, I'd be a little rowdy too. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, I guess what next year, next year it's over in Europe and France or something. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. In France, in France. Yeah. So they won. So, all right, we'll be back on Friday. Have a great sports week. Enjoy the baseball. The playoffs are here. So watch it. This is the time of year where, you know, it's worth watching baseball. You know, you can watch the vice president debate tonight, but, you know, you got to, you know, sports, politics, you know, you you, you choose. (laughs) So enjoy and have a great, have a great week. (laughs) We're out. Peace.